1: what's going on everybody it's the ice sack yard bird podcast and we got a an elon basketball player on the podcast today john bowen the yes, third yes sir what's up man glad to be on the show today i'm glad to have you dude i remember the, the when we met i was i can't tell you how weird it was when you walked in and i was like i know him <laughs> but i don't know why yeah it was
2: funny because like i like, you look familiar, too, but I was like, where have I seen him before? Yeah. And then when I talked about how I played that UNCW, it was like, oh, that's where it is. It was, quick, yeah, yeah, it was so funny, like, how small of a world it really is. That was crazy. I, and,
1: and little things like that, I don't know. Like, I mean, just the small world thing, because you just hear about how big the world is all the time. And think exactly. about how big and how, how many different lives are just going on simultaneously. Exactly. And then this just is, like...
2: Me exactly. It's it's just so weird how like sometimes like things align or like life just like comes full circle, man. It's it's so crazy.
1: Yeah. God being God.
2: Exactly, <laughs> man. Exactly. That's kind of that's kind of like how how I got to Elon, really. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, when I started my college career, I uh, I played at Belmont Abbey College near Charlotte. It was a Division II program. Uh, the head coach was Billy Taylor uh, at the time and uh he recruited me there and crazy thing is is like he was one of the last two schools to offer me because i was a late bloomer so i got recruited very late
1: i was gonna ask you like what were you how tall were you coming out of high school so coming
2: out of high school i was around six seven six eight but the thing that kind of deterred coaches a little bit was i was super undersized i was like Six eight one eighty. So Whoa. I was Whoa. I was a stick, but I could I could jump out the gym and I could shoot. But the thing was, you know, at the uh, mid major level, you know, I would be playing a five spot. And so even though I had some guard skills, they would look for me to play the four to five. And uh, I learned very quickly you need to have some weight in college. Absolutely. So you know, I'm playing against guys now that are like two twenty five, two thirty, two forty. I'm like. If I would have played there coming out of high school, I would have got thrown around like a ragdoll.
1: And it's, I mean, you you also got to think you're coming out of high school, you're a 18-year-old kid as yes. a freshman, and yeah. you might be going up against a senior. Exactly. a fifth-year senior. Exactly. A 24-year-old
2: man. Exactly. And the crazy thing is, I was 17 going into college, so oh. I was super young going into college. And, you know, like I said, I'm going against 23, 24-year-olds, like. In the that weight room every yeah, day in the weight room every day. Like I'm really going against grown men, yeah. and it was so it was kind of a culture shock seeing the difference between like the work ethic and the energy going from high school to college. It was like it it, it was a whole 180 like turnaround. It was it was so crazy. Because like everything was just so much more intense, so much more intentional. But while I was playing in high school, my coach did do a really good job at kind of preparing us for the college level. He was he was a pretty intense coach and stuff, but it was still something about college. It was just like amped up, like even yeah. more. You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's such a big leap. Yeah. I mean, you even just me when I helped out with the JUCO team. Yeah. Like a lot of JUCO players, they're the guys that, Either one, they just they don't have the size to play at the next level mm-hmm. above Juco, or they don't have the grades to play at the next level. Like, you know, uh, Koi Parker?
2: Yeah, no, Koi, I know Koi. I used to play with him. Yeah,
1: like, at one point
2: was, what, top five? Yeah, like, top five in the state. Like, kid was... Yeah.
1: And then he gets... He goes to Tennessee. Yeah. He's ranked like the best dunker ever it, in Miami. Exactly. And it shows. Exactly. But then, he, you know, like great issues. And uh-huh. next season, I see him playing. He's playing Cape Fear. Yeah. Cape yeah. So it's like, yes, sometimes you're just playing against lower skill players, but sometimes it's just people with bad situation. Exactly, like, man. And, like, grow- kind of growing up, I mostly
2: played basketball in Fayetteville, and I seen so much of that, you know, guys that could have went – and played at such a high level, but they were either in just a bad situation or they allowed those off-court distractions to take them away. And that was, I mean, it was heartbreaking to me because like, I seen how good those guys were and I seen how much potential they had, but they just allowed themselves to get involved into the wrong things. And so that was kind of one thing I told myself. I, I wasn't going to allow myself to do that because I, I wanted to, inspire people from my hometown you yeah. know what i mean and i want i want to show them if you keep your head on straight and you work hard this is this is the result that you can achieve right
1: it is possible yeah you don't have to follow this one makeshift idea that somebody just exactly. continues to do and exactly going to other people exactly That's awesome exactly you know sometimes you can't control your
2: situations but one two words my high school coach always told this is you may you may not be able to control your situation, but you can control control two things: your attitude and your effort. Mm. So, if you can control your attitude, how you handle those situations, and you control your effort, your actions, then the sky's the limit for you. You yeah. you control what you can, and let God control what you can't.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard to do, and then especially if you're if you're in a situation.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older.
1: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and
0: play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And like you saw players be in yeah. at an early age, the, the difficulty of keeping right. the attitude right, exactly. keeping the effort Exactly. At all-time highs, it's just harder and
2: harder. It's hard, man. It definitely is. I mean, especially for me, coming from a small town, you know, Bladenboro, North Carolina, you know, nobody knows where it was. Bladenboro is. Was, was a one stop flight town. Like, one of those times you just pass by on the way to the beach. And, you know, in my situation, I could have just been like, man, you know, I got to work two, three times harder just to even get a look while some of these other kids can get looks right off the bat because they're in bigger cities, they have more research resources. And I could have allowed that to get to my head. And it was hard not to let that get to my head sometimes, but I'm glad like I was in the situation that I was coming from a small town because it really, really taught me to appreciate being an underdog and also taught me, you know, I'm not going to allow anyone else to outwork me. I'm used to having to work two, three times harder than everyone else to, be able to get the same shot that they do. And so it's definitely helped me get to where I am today, you know, going from division two level now to playing at high level division one.
1: So who did you look to, to form that I'm not going to be a victim mindset?
2: Uh, I really looked at, uh, michael jordan a lot really because he came from wilmington you know wilmington's a little little bigger but it's it's not like a huge town especially whenever he was growing up there it was kind of like a small town yeah and so just seeing the way that he worked and getting to where he got to like having that mindset of i'm not gonna let anyone outwork me you know that really that really spoke a lot to me because I seen through him what that hard work can do and then I mean a lot of people seen in the last dance like he was working two three four times harder than everyone else and so just seeing the way that Michael Jordan worked and pushed past all those uh challenges and difficulties uh just really inspired me to be the same way you know he got he got cut from his varsity team his sophomore year. I got cut from my varsity team my sophomore year, and so, Ooh. yeah, I mean it—it it hurt, but it taught me to work harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of kids today; they don't like their situation. They just leave. They—they they don't want to work for it. Yeah. But for me, it—it it, it was really instilled into me. You know, you want something, you work for it.
1: Yeah. And it, for for basketball, you can't really like just have something handed to you. But like All you right. said, you can have somebody maybe that was in Raleigh right? in a bigger school they, exactly. they have more opportunity exactly and but when you get cut like that from your varsity team when you yeah. when you grow up in the small town when you see other people failing left and right that are trying to do the same thing you're trying right. to do it's just chips on your shoulder and you're like exactly. all right I, one day I'm gonna blossom but exactly, you know, exactly. It's gonna take me busting my ass for it. exactly
2: and you know every time I stepped on the court you know whenever I got the opportunity to step on the court with these top prospects I was like you know they they got to play on the same court as me. Yeah, those rankings are cool. Well, I want you to show me why you're ranked right here because yeah. if not, I'm coming at you. Like, I, w- I want you to prove it to me and I'm going to prove to you why I should be here, why I should be in this same position that you are, that, you know, just because I come from a small town doesn't mean nothing, you know. Right. It, it created that, that chip on my shoulder, that that blue-collar mindset of, like, I'm, I'm going to work for this.
1: That's a great, great way to look at it because, yeah. I mean, you think, like, somebody – May, like say it's the what was it top one hundred prospect? Yeah. Yeah. Like say you're number one hundred, and I liked how you said you get you guys get to play on the court with me. Yeah. Like I'm not playing on your court. Yeah. Like we're all in the top one
2: hundred. Yeah, exactly. Like your you know, don't mean shit to me. It, exactly. <laughs> like you're, you're you're just another man like me. You know, you put on your pants. You know, one foot at a time like me. So you know what? If you got this ranking. I want you to show me why, and you'll gain my respect. Right. But until then, you know, I'm looking at you like. Yeah, we're equal, you know, we're, who, who's going to be better? Absolutely. And so that, that, was, that was a big thing that I had, a the big chip that I had on my shoulder every time coming out of high school, especially when I got the opportunity to play on, you know, those, those high-level scales.
1: So you play at Belmont for how long?
2: I played at Belmont Abbey for two years. I played there my freshman and sophomore year. And then uh, and we went from a program – that was struggling to win, my coach took it over the year before I got there, and by my sophomore year we had already played for two conference championships and we lost by the same score coincidentally in both conference championships, but like we just completely turned that program around yeah, and uh and so after my sophomore season, like the like two weeks after school ends, he sends us a text and says, hey guys, uh i got offered the position to be an assistant coach at the university of iowa and uh it's just too good of an opportunity to turn it down wow yeah and so at first it was like a kind of like a stick to the sword to the heart because i was like man like this guy was like a second father to me man like he because he most coaches you know they only care about what you can do on the court but this guy he He really cares about you uh, as a man. You know, he really helped me grow as a man off the court, just as he did on the court. You know, he really got me even more involved. He pushed me to the next level in uh, on the court and in the classroom and uh, in my faith, you know, and we had. We have the these two words that we go by: pursue ex- excellence in the court, classroom, and community. And like he really, he really pushes us to do that. And so, that's awesome. Yeah, so he became like a second father to me. And whenever he sent us that text, it was kind of like a, I was like, man, like I, I just lost a family member because he he was so he was so close to me. He he had been with me in some really hard times, and uh, it was really hard. But uh, one, once that happened. I felt like that was god telling me you know this is this is what i've been preparing you for and then the door opened up for me to you know really go after division one schools because i got overlooked in high school and uh you know i I never received one that i really wanted i wanted the division one offer i never got one but now this was my opportunity and uh and I, I was surprised by some of the calls that I got. I talked to UNC UNCG, I talked to uh, UNCW. Uh, I talked to some uh, other schools, and uh, it was it, it was really cool to see. Like, wow, you know, like i I can play at this level. Yeah. And so, uh, eventually, I ended up uh, choosing UNCW just because it was closer to home. I want it, it was going to be nice to come home and uh, kind of be able to. Let everybody see, have more of opportunity to see. You know what this can get you when you put the work in.
1: So that I mean that goes back to your original statement of, I didn't want to be the ones that fell to the pressure. I wanted to be one that like showed other people that you can't do this. Exactly. That's really cool that you went back home like
2: that. Exactly. So going to Wilmington was was a great decision. You know because I mean hometown, getting to play there, the Trask environment was amazing i mean yeah i mean you you know man the Trask environment is so much fun man yeah. and uh and just getting to the play there was was amazing man just seeing uh seeing them go to the tournament my my uh junior and senior year of high school i was like man like this school can really do some things man and so um uh, and i just felt like it was the best fit for me whenever i ended up uh committing and and playing there
1: if uh if your coach from Belmont, if he didn't take that job and he says, guys, I'm coming mm-hmm. back. I got this offer, but I'm coming back for you yeah. for your junior year. Do yeah. you do you think you would have left? Honestly, probably not. Because
2: it was a program where I really fit. I fit I fit very well in. And uh I mean I was near Charlotte. I had a lot of opportunities, uh, outside the court as well. That's and uh Honestly, in that second year, uh, I see a lot, of, a lot of players these days have this mindset of D1 or Bust. You know, I'm not going to go to Division two, II, Division three, or anywhere like that. And so uh, kind of after my sophomore year, I realized, you know, getting to play college basketball at any level is a blessing, man. You can shine wherever you are. And at the end of the day, you want to be somewhere that you're wanted and not somewhere that, you know, you're not as wanted, but you want to be there for the yeah. name. So uh, it's funny. W- one basketball player, I can't remember who it was. I think it was like Drew Holiday or someone like that. He, he compared uh, he compared choosing schools to uh, choosing someone to date. So it was like, you know, you always want to date the girl who likes you, not the girl you like. <laughs> and so it kind of made sense. Like, you, yeah, you want to be somewhere where you're wanted, yeah. not somewhere where you're constantly, like, having to chase and, yeah. like, just going for the name. You know what I mean? A
1: good point.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was super funny, like, whenever I heard that. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of true. Like, you want to play somewhere yeah. that you're wanted, no matter what level right? it is. Because at the end of the day, you know, it, it's a blessing to be able to play college sports in general because not many people get to do that.
1: I mean, at all. Yeah. Um, so you transfer you're going into your junior year at UNCW. Yeah. And you're playing for West no, no, who is it? CB McGrath. C. McGrath always, yeah. dude, I always want to say West Miller instead of yeah. McGrath. Yeah, well, I, I almost played for West.
2: It was it was down between UNCG oh, okay. and USCW. Oh, Coach Greensboro. Yeah, so uh, West recruited me at Greensboro, and CB recruited me at Wilmington. But uh, at the end of the day, I felt like Wilmington was the better fit for me. And uh, I mean, CB was—he was a great guy, man. He was—he was, he was uh, genuine, you know. He—he—he he, he was a really, really great guy. And, uh, you know, another one of the guys on the staff, Jackie Manuel, who was on the Oh five Carolina national championship team. Uh, currently the player development coach there. Uh, he he's, a, he's at UNC now. Isn't he? Yeah. He's a player development coach there. So like he was amazing, man. Me and him had some of the greatest conversations, man. We just talked about life, man, talked about basketball and, uh, just getting to hear his experiences uh, from his career, you know, getting to win a national championship at Carolina to getting to play for a little bit with the Celtics with you know the big three, Kate, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. It was it was just amazing to hear his experiences, but also the life lessons he learned through those. And those were some of the best conversations I've had with Coach Matt, Coach Jackie, because he he really cared about us, you know, as men as well. And you know, there were times at UNCW where I had I had trouble adjusting and uh, you know, I wasn't playing as much and I was getting frustrated and he he really would just take the time to, you know, come sit with me and talk to me and be like, Hey man, like listen, like we trust you and when your time comes up, like I know you're gonna be ready, man. I have that confidence in you and I need you to have that same confidence in yourself. And so like he was hearing that from someone like that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, man, that uh, you fired up. It does, man. It does. Like he—he he was a big motivator for me uh-huh. at UNCW my junior year.
1: So what was what was the jump like? Because we've already talked about the high school to college intensity level, yeah. you know, going up the in, intentionality of if that's a real word. I just yeah. said it, but we'll see. <laughs> um, of the college level, what was it like jumping from? You said Division Two, Yeah to UNCW, going down there in that kind of environment
2: yeah so i mean going there it's like it's bigger man like you have a lot more resources like you have a lot more of a opportunity to get better and things are uh i'll say they were a little more intense but not not too much but uh but it honestly wasn't as challenging as i thought it would be i thought it was going to be this crazy big jump but really. The biggest difference I noticed was just like I, I just had more resources to okay. to get better, and you know we had a we had a different schedule in terms of like when we could start and like how long like we could do things. Like we had we just had more opportunities in Division Two and more resources. But uh, another thing I noticed was just the the size difference. You know, at the Division Two level, I was still about 195 pounds uh, playing the five, but I could get away with it because. <laughs> You know, there weren't too many dudes that were six eight yeah. in my conference at the five level. You know, they were mostly six six, six, seven, you know, so I was able to get away with that. But at the Division One level, then I was playing guys, you know, six nine, six ten, two thirty, two forty, two fifty. So it that was a little bit of an adjustment, but I was able to get in the weight room and, you know, I put on another twenty pounds to really to really help me and that because I already had the the speed and the athleticism to be able to play at the level. It was really more of just the the size for me. That uh that was the biggest adjustment.
1: Your I mean your athleticism yeah. crazy. Yeah. Got I got to watch some of them dunks you were showing me. Yeah. Now you don't see that very often from a six eight, six nine guy. Yes, yeah, sir. That's
2: why I call that country boy bounce. <laughs> you know, working in the yard all day, man. Uh-huh. You know. You know, just just that yard work, that blue collar work, man. It it gets you some bounce, man. It, oh, yeah. it gets you some bounce.
1: Blue collar work will bring out some muscles you didn't know you had.
2: Exactly. So that, that's why I call country boy bounce. So a lot a lot of these dudes don't know anything about that,
1: man. But the even the hand eye coordination mixed with the athleticism, yeah. from your size, like yeah. the one dunk you had, where you did it was some kind of I don't even know, like three sixty. But you tapped uh, it off the backboard and then caught it again? Oh yeah. So like
2: basically like I jump in the air, do a three sixty, but while I'm in the air, I throw it off the backboard and dunk it. <laughs> so like it's 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 one of the uh it's one of the dunks that I learned from some of my friends who like do professional dunking. Oh. And so like uh like for me, like I've just always been so fascinated with dunking. And uh like before I got super tall, you know, i I used to put my goal down and I just like used to try like every dunk I could try. And like that really helped me with my hand eye coordination. And uh like when I started out in high school I played point guard. So like I I was a guard until I hit a crazy growth spurt through high school. So kind when of, did you when did you jump to like six, seven, six eight in high school? Uh, my senior year. So basically I started out in high school like five nine, five ten. And uh and by my sophomore year I grew to about six two, six three. Okay. Then junior year I grew to about six six. And then by my senior year I was around six eight. You're like, this ain't gonna stop. <laughs> no. I was like, Am I ever gonna stop? And then I grew close to about one more inch in hot in college. So okay. now I'm about 6'8", six, six three quarters, pushing six nine. Yeah. And so it was definitely a, a crazy jump. But luckily I was still able to keep my hand eye coordination, but that was also because I played Almost any sport you could imagine, too, growing up. I oh, played, really? yeah, I played. Uh, I was actually a baseball player before I was a basketball sense, player. Man. Yeah, so I was a huge baseball player. I didn't start playing basketball seriously until my sophomore year of high school when I started realizing that I could, like, and I started getting taller. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a better avenue for me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I played football. I played soccer. I played, like, anything with a ball. I played. <laughs> So, I, it really helped me a lot with my hand-eye coordination.
1: That makes sense. Well, I mean, you hear about guys, um, AD, Akeem Olajuwon, guys with backgrounds from different sports. Yeah. Even uh, Pat Conradin, that yeah. plays for the Bucs, baseball yeah. background.
2: Yeah, I got, got drafted in the MLB pretty
1: high, too. As a pitcher yeah, yeah. like, throwing mid-90 yeah. fastball? That's what I'm saying. But it's, when you have that mixture, you can, like, it correlates. Right. It doesn't make sense, but it yeah. does, like, right. I don't, I don't know how it works, but having that background can it gives you so much of an edge.
2: Yeah, it, it does wonders, man. Because you know, like baseball, I, I was shortstop, second baseman. You know, I, I, it helped me have soft hands, like being able to field the ball. Now, like I'm able to have soft hands. You know, whenever my point guard is firing a pass, like threading the needle to me while I'm in the dunker spot, and I could go up and dunk on somebody. You know, it helped. It helped me have those soft hands, or playing or even like the footwork in baseball or soccer it really helped me in my footwork uh you know as a big or in basketball in general it really helped me with my footwork so like you said it's crazy how you know coming from a different sports background can really translate and help you even more uh you know when you get to the high
1: level yeah big time and the, the hands like you mentioned that is pretty much the number one complaint you will hear from coaches mm-hmm. at D1 level mm-hmm. that you'll hear from commentators that are commentating that D1 level. Yeah. It's, oh, well, this school, you know, they just got this top 100 athlete yeah. coming in and he can't catch the ball. Yeah. As a big man, you know, they, yeah. they lob it into the post exactly. a low bounce. Paddle, yeah. And he just bobbles Bubbles, it bubble. Yeah. Butterfingers, man. It's, it's you, crazy. You can't, a lot of teams will try to either, one, run the offense through their big man, mm-hmm. you know, or start the offense through the big man. Yeah. Maybe a pick-and-roll, and you dump it down, and then yes. you got to make an option, you know? Yeah. Or you dump it down, and it's like, okay, can you just give us a bucket? Yeah, exactly. Just a little hook exactly. on the bank Exactly. And then he just bobbles it out of bounds. Like. Exactly. And it'll even
2: surprise you in the NBA. One of the coaches that uh, I know that I was talking to, he was telling me, like, man, you, you would actually be surprised in the NBA, like, how many of these guys like you got to like teach like to have soft hands or like you got to work with the, like get a, get a left hand, you know? they. It, oh, that's a big one too. Yeah. So yeah
1: you, so, well, how's that, how's that work for you? How's your, your off hand?
2: Uh, for me, my, my off hand is pretty good. I, I've, uh, I've known the importance of having, be able to play with both hands. It makes you a mismatch nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. cause even most guys at my level, you know, they're, they're going to go to their dominant hand. So they're going to, you know, that's how I'm able to get a lot of blocks because I'm playing IQ. I'm cutting off their strong can, and I know they're shaky with it with their weak can. So they're going to try and go with their offhand. That's just an easy block for me. Right. And so I, I realized the importance of having, you know, being able to play with two hands because that just makes you almost unguardable.
1: For real. I mean, if you have, even if you have the option, maybe it's not as high percentage. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's not, you right. know, it's still super difficult, but having the option to go, okay, I've gone to my right, right twice in a row, right. he knows I'm going to do it again.
2: Exactly. Let me switch it up. Exactly, and that's when you can go to your counter moves, and it's like now you just have the defender guessing the whole game, and he doesn't even know how to guard you. Yep. And he's just getting into his own head of like, man, how, what's he going to do next, man? He's and, getting yelled at by his teammates, it, it, by his coach. Exactly. And it's like then you just throw his whole game off. Uh-huh. And so just being able to play with both hands, man, I've learned it's – it's a game changer yeah it's a game changer man
1: what would you say is your best asset that you bring to the basketball court
2: i'll honestly say it would be my energy and my leadership you know i've i've grown so much as a leader through college i know how to you know get my teammates amped up i also know when to you know calm them down and say hey like you know let's let's calm down a little bit we got the clock on our side or they get inside their head and i can being being a veteran in college basketball i'm able to talk to him like hey like listen like you're you're good man you know uh definitely my leadership and then my energy man you know I, i'm the guy that performs all the highlight plays you know really? my my teammates are excited for the season because like they're excited to throw me lobs they're excited excited for all the dunks i can do man you know he <laughs> played in italy and there there were a couple times like i dunked on dudes so bad and it just like had the whole gym jumping <laughs> man so and, like, I just, I just bring those energy plays. That, yeah. That's my favorite thing to do, whether it's, like, catching the big dunk, getting a big block, or even, you know, doing the dirty work, you know, taking a charge yeah. or something like that, you know. The, so, stuff,
1: the stuff that doesn't show up in a stat sheet as what it meant in the game. Like, yeah. if you dunk on somebody on your stat sheet, that says two points. Exactly. It doesn't show the momentum shift. Exactly. It doesn't show the player that you dunked on, his morale just, lower down yes, beneath exactly more. it doesn't show your point guards trusting you to throw the lob again like exactly so many things there's, add up
2: in there's there. so many things and like unless you like actually know the game of basketball you're not going to really notice all the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet but make a huge huge difference that's why you know draymond green has been able to have such a successful career like with the warriors because no he's not going to give you 20 a game or like you know have these big games all the time, like Steph and Clay. He does all the little things that people don't see, except for hoopers that set his teammates up for greatness. And that's kind of what I do. You know, it's not about me, you know, could I go off for 20 every game? Yes, but that's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on getting the win. And I know I can do the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet that gives my team the best opportunity to win. And if it's my night to go get a bucket, I'll go get a bucket. Yeah. But that's not my main concern. And that's what I really love about guys like Draymond Green, Dennis, Dennis Rodman, you know, even even Kevin Garnett, you know, some, some guys like that.
1: Yeah. And that was, speaking of Kevin Garnett, that's a guy that went into the league, you know the big take, yeah, and he was he was giving you twenty five and thirteen a night, exactly, but then he goes, and he's like he didn't win there, right well, it was exactly. doing everything, but it, yeah. you know, it didn't amount to anything exactly. he goes to the Celtics, and Doc is like, "Look, dude, I know you can score right, but I put Paul Pierce beside you, I put Ray Allen beside you exactly. i put I put all these guys around you, I got rondo to feed you when you need it right but can you play some defense exactly
2: yeah. exactly, exactly man defense boy. exactly yeah and then like then that's when those guys realize like man like it's the little things that wins the championships yeah. you know i could have all the glitz and glamour of you know being nba scoring being nba all-star but at the end of the day man that ring speaks louder than all those yeah. accolades man
1: it is so much louder and then like in those Celtics days when KG was averaging, it, it dropped. Yeah, it was like eighteen points. Yeah, eighteen points, twenty points. Exactly. But they nobody wanted to play them. Exactly because of because of what he brought defensively as a leader, mm-hmm. as that guy. I like to look at speaking about like relating sports to one another. The the big man in the middle. Yeah, that's around the basket all the time. Right. Exactly. He has to see everything. Mm-hmm. So as a like in soccer as the goal yeah. like one of my friends he um. He's been playing in Croatia okay. a goalie, and he learned his junior year or senior year playing at uh, Averitt, uh-huh. play soccer there. He was like, I went in and I was, you know, a super skilled goalie. I was good, uh-huh. but my coach was mad at me because I wasn't vocal.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? A laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply See website for details
1: good it was like you're the only one that can see everything on the field right. you if you don't talk we don't win exactly like you have to you're directing people you're telling them what's about to happen exactly you see them play developing exactly do you see that in your game to where you had to become more vocal to help your team win like you said
2: oh yeah definitely especially this year man we have a whole new team but you know, me and my point guard, we, we previously played at Belmont Abbey, so we know the system that, yeah. and we know what our coach wants. So we've been big vocal leaders, like helping, like, direct the guys and helping them understand what we're looking for, you know, the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. And so that's really a big thing that, my coach has been looking at me for for this year is to to be a big vocal leader because in high school i would i never talked on the court you know for me i'm a natural introvert so like i'm not gonna like be super vocal but i can do fine extrovert situations but i'm naturally introvert and it wasn't until i got to college that i was like wow okay like i need to be very vocal Mm-hmm. especially because, you know, sometimes we used to play zone and I was the big man in the middle and I had to direct everyone. You know, I had to tell someone, hey, someone's flashing to the high post. Hey, someone's flashing out to the corner. Yeah. You know, it it really helped me a lot in becoming a vocal leader and I really realized at that moment how important it really is. The teams that end up winning are the teams that communicate Yeah, because communication builds a, a certain trust uh, in a sense to – to where, like, my teammate is going to trust me if I'm telling him something uh, because, like, he's seen me do it before or, you know, I haven't led him
1: astray before. Yeah. So he's going to trust me whenever, like, I communicate to him. Or even just, I mean, as you as the guy behind, like, you're going to see pretty much every single screen coming. Exactly. If you don't yell out screen left for your point guard and he hits a big body. He's getting hammered. he ain't gonna be happy? no <laughs> not at all and i I wouldn't
2: be happy either because I mean there were a few times where I've gotten you know killed by screens, and i was i, I was i was mad I, I yelled at my teammates and I was like, yeah, exactly I'm like so like, i I've definitely learned that this huge importance of being a vocal leader on the court and you know with being a, wanting to be a coach one day that that's only going to help me in the
1: long run as a as aspiring to be a coach you have to pay so much attention to detail Mm -hmm. i like when i was helping the coach at the juco level i would be watching the team practice i'm in the stands i have a a big a bigger like widespread view than the coach has just standing on the floor watching right and he just you know he'd be standing arms crossed clipboard in his hand Uh watching the play and he goes, stop it. I stopped the clock. And he would be calling out something. And I was like, okay, I noticed, you know, all yeah, things. Exactly. So I thought it was this thing. Yeah. And he would call out something other side of the court, like right. just some minute detail that I had yeah. no idea about. And then he called out the obvious thing that it, I saw. Exactly. And I was like, how do you see that? Exactly. And it's like, as a coach,
2: seeing those minute details, you realize that those, those little minute details... Cause a trickle effect that turn into those big obvious mess ups. So you know, if someone doesn't do footwork right, then they're just a second late on getting to the screen or rolling off the screen, and then you know, help side is able to get over instead of you know, you do your footwork right, and you're able to get off the screen screen quick. The guy has to choose between, guys to choose between getting to you or tagging the corner man, mm-hmm. and so. You know, all those little minute details play a big role in cause a trickle effect. Yeah. So you do the little things right, it pays off.
1: It you adds know, up.
2: Yeah, you do one little thing wrong, it adds up, it turns into a big mistake. And you know, as a coach, you know, we're able, you're able to see it developing, and that's why he, that's why he stops it at you know the little minute things.
1: Yeah, I used to, I used to be confused that more. Which, I mean, there are some point guard head coaches that you see at a high level. But a lot of the coaches you see are, one, either just big students of the game and have been their whole life. They're just obsessed with it. But there's also a good amount of big men that are coaches. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at the one of the greatest coaches ever, Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy that. He's not going to give you a lot of points. No, he's not. He's going to give you a lot of stats. He's not. But he was obsessed with the game, They're and not. he was on one of the best teams ever. Exactly. One of the most underrated teams ever, too. hmm And he played a big role just doing the little things and mm-hmm. being the glue for a team that had so much talent on it.
2: Exactly. And those are the guys that end up making – good coaches because like you said they're first students of the game first you know in order to become a master you have to first humble yourself to be a student Mm -hmm. and so just becoming a student of the game you know getting in film you know taking taking the time to you know be intentional about every little intricate detail really sets you up for so much success you know they would tell stories about kobe how you know before he would even grab a ball he would get on the court and he would you know, just be on the court, just practicing his moves without a ball. Like, doing the little minute things. Like, he, they say he would be practicing, like, a post fade move or, like, some type of new move for 10-15 minutes before he even picked up a ball. And then he would get to going and, like, work on the move with the ball because he was so focused on his footwork, his, like, where am I going to release it, you know? He, like, <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but he talked about he's seen Kobe one time, like, work on the move. It was like a shimmy fade and like Kobe like fake released the ball, but like he like put his elbow up to like the right spot that it was supposed to be in. So like Kobe was like it's like a perfect example of like a student of the game, like the minute things.
1: Yeah. That's Kobe's just a different level, dude. But that I mean that's a really smart way to approach something like footwork. Yeah. Because Damn, like I've never even thought about that. But if you're working on footwork, like if you're doing, just say you're doing a big man drill. Okay, exactly. we're going to work on, you're going to have your go-to move. You know, you got a drop step, exactly. go into it, finish at the backboard. Exactly. And then you're going to start with it, do your counter move, come back to the middle, maybe mm-hmm. a baby hook or something. Exactly. If you're doing that without a ball, all you can think about is, okay, is my foot, is it going right? How should I angle my foot so I got leverage on the defender? Exactly. You're not. Oh, I hope I release this hope Do I have a good firm grip on the ball? You know, whatever.
2: Man. Exactly. You know, I mean, one thing for me is, like, before I even like start working on my hook shots or, like, my, my post fadeaways in the gym, I work on, like, I do what Kobe does. Like, I, I work on, like, all right, I got to get my foot all the way around, you know, because used to whenever I would shoot my hook shot, I would shoot it before, like, I would even get my foot around and it caused me to naturally fade away mm. or it caused me to be skinny and dudes were able to push me off but once i was able to you know really be intentional about that footwork i was able to get my foot across and now that's one of like the best parts of my game
1: that's just uh what what would you say is your best like move download like do you go to is your go to, which i'm not trying to put your your game out here so you I'm, just I'm, scout?
2: I'm, I'm not worried about it because i mean they <laughs> still they still got to stop it at the end of the day
1: do you go like if if it's drawn up, you know you're down by four. You're you're shooting guards, just they just aren't hitting shots. You can't get anything down low. Uh huh. They go down. And you're like, okay, I got to get a bucky here. Yeah. You know what are you
2: what are you thinking? Uh, so for me, you know, I'm usually not going to back anybody down. So my favorite move is either catch it quick spin like Hakeem Olajuwon, or I'll catch it and I open up face up, jab, you, know, you give them a shot fake maybe a dribble and then I, I like to give him a little little shimmy a little dream shake into my post fade Dang. and it's it's a hard shot to guard man and I've gotten a lot of reps that I'm I'm confident in that shot that That's it's going to
1: go in dude post a uh, post fade like a little baseline post fade mhm I mean, like you said, you, you can't really do anything with it. Exactly. You just got to hope.
2: Exactly. <laughs> you, you just got to put a hand up and pray to God that it doesn't <laughs> go in. Just wave your hands in their eyes. Exactly. That's what they say. That's how you got to guard Steph Curry. Just put a hand in his face and pray to God it doesn't go in.
1: Can you imagine being told you got to guard Steph tonight?
2: Like, you know what, Coach? I'm going to just gonna be happy if I contain him to 20. Right. Because like That's it, that's really how it is for dudes in the NBA because they're so good. Like They have they have so much muscle memory like it doesn't matter if you have a hand in their face like it's still gonna go in so like in the NBA like they're less concerned with like stopping a man and more concerned about just containing him mm-hmm. so you know a guy like LeBron you know he's going off for 23 25 every night you know they're just like you know what let's let's contain him to you know to that average or maybe like 17 18 like let's let's try to contain him in in that area because he's LeBron like you know he's gonna you know, get a certain amount of points just because, mm-hmm. like, he's so great. Like, it's it, it's so hard to guard him or, like, Steph, you know. Just try to contain him to, to 20, man, you know. Mm-hmm. You know you know, he's, like, capable of putting up 40 if he wants to. Yeah. So it's, like, the the name of the game is, like, it, it's less concerned with, like, being so hardcore focused on, like, don't even let him score all games to, so, like, c- just contain him, mm-hmm.
1: contain him. So who did you – have you always kind of looked at the same – kind of players to base your game around to draw inspiration from? Because I'm guessing if you if you started out as a point guard in high school mm-hmm. and started developing into a wing player maybe for a little bit, yeah. then into a, a big man position, did your idea of the players you looked at change? Uh
2: yeah, so I used to, you know, when I was a guard, I looked at a lot of Michael Jordan, Kobe. Uh I watched a lot of uh you know darren williams brandon roy and uh the guys like that you know shooting guards but then once i started getting taller i began starting watching uh some more big men like like kd you know play big man but plays like a guard or uh blake griffin because you know big energy guy will dunk on you in a heartbeat but you know he in his prime he did a lot more things that people didn't even realize uh I i started watching a lot of uh Hakeem Olajuwon uh Kevin Garnett so I would definitely say they definitely changed as uh I got bigger and and my size changed yeah yeah
1: you ever watched much of uh Worthy or McHale
2: Mm -hmm. I, I used to love watching uh Kevin McHale man just because like he did all the little things and like that's why guys hated to play against him but like I love that because he did all the little things and like he was so successful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and and also like James Worthy, you know, Carolina great, played for the Lakers with Magic Johnson.
1: He 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 was a dog man. Dude, have you, you know. watched have you watched this stuff in college? Yeah. His footwork. I mean it was mm-hmm. great in the NBA too. Yeah. But if just seeing how big of a difference his skill level was compared to the guys around him. Mm-hmm.
2: Crazy. exactly i mean one thing for me whenever i started becoming like more the big man role i i used to watch a lot of the hakeem one videos where he would be teaching guys like dwight Howard or lebron james or let's say kevin garnett i would i would like watch his highlights and most people when they watch highlights they they just look at oh like yo like he he's good like they they yeah. want they like watching all the big highlight plays but yeah. they but for me, like I was like, I was so intrigued with like the little things. I was like, Yo, like look, look at his footwork there. You know, like hit his jab. You know, the way he, you know, t- gives a good shoulder fake with with the ball whenever he he goes for. You know, he gets his defender leaning. Like look, look at his pace. You know, he has his defender guessing. He doesn't know when he's going to go for a shot. Like those were the little things that I I started watching and that really tra- helped translate for me on the
1: court. Yeah, and. That's, that's a big thing that a lot of players just don't have mm-hmm. is, and they're saying, it's so much, It's I feel like it's so much more prevalent now with social media, mm-hmm. whereas if you go on Instagram while basketball games are happening or after a game, yeah, all you see are either one, someone getting hurt, two, like uh, a bad call, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of those now, oh, yeah. or three, it's just highlight. It's that's just a big bad. play that a player made. Exactly. You don't you don't get how good of a player is until you watch like I love I'll go back, I'll just watch full game. Yeah. And I'll just be like, okay, I'll watch this one player. Yeah. And I think you know, i still pay attention to the game, but I wanna see like if they go down and get a bucket, how do they react on the next play on defense? Like, exactly. How do they like just moving around and watching them how they carry themselves? Are they out of a play when they wanna be? Are they are they right. always into it? exactly but little little things you get to see add up when you watch the game in that aspect yeah yeah so cool yeah Yeah.
2: yeah. i mean you're so right man i mean see seeing all the little things that they do like that that affects the game in big ways that most people don't don't pay attention to Is it is huge man especially as a player like learning from those guys of like all right you know this, this is what they did wrong that you know you know they Got big play and they were too busy celebrating getting in front of the camera, but they just cost it. the team a three point, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Rogers just got big dunk celebrating in the camera, didn't get back. Steph Curry just hit the three. Yeah. Or Clay hit the three. You know what I mean? And so just seeing all those little things, like it it really, it really shows a lot. Right. So do
1: you, you're at uh, UNCW, you play there your junior and senior year?
2: Mm hmm. During COVID.
1: How was, how was that, playing during
2: COVID? Man, COVID year was, it, it was a year, I'll say that, man. It
1: was, you know. Nobody's in the gym watching,
2: right? Nobody's in the gym watching except for, like, maybe, like, 10 people, like, that you got to give tickets to. Yeah, you got like one. They're, they're all spread out, you know. All the seats are spread out, you know. They're, like, uh, clear curtains everywhere. Like, it, it's it's so, it's just so weird. Like, it's so quiet in there you know everything just feels like a closed scrimmage you know playing for a completely new coaching staff it was it was a year man and just on the verge of like man like are we even going to get to play our next game because i remember uh one time we got shut down three times through that year uh once before like the game started uh another time we were in philadelphia and uh one of our managers ended up testing positive yeah. four hours before a game. And so we didn't even get to fly back home. We had to ride the bus all the way home. And so that was just crazy. Then we were out for Yeah, yeah then we were out for like three weeks. Then uh then uh, we got to play Elon later in February and I ended up testing positive for COVID like four hours before the game. And you know everybody rides back on the bus. I had to ride back in a separate van from everyone.
0: Good like dream. and
2: then I'm like it, and it was like it. It took me almost a month to come back just because that return to play process was so long because of you know all all the stories that you heard about you know athletes getting COVID and then uh, it it was after the uh, who was the guy from Florida uh, was it Keontae Johnson that like just fell out in the middle of the floor. Oh yeah, yeah, and like they they just got all ramped up about that. So like it was like a month to return the play process. Like I I missed my senior night because of it, but I was able to play in the conference tournament. But it was it was a hard year, man, because it was just hard to get momentum going. You know, every time it seemed like we got momentum going, like bam, we got hit with COVID or yeah. or something, man. It was. It, it, I would just say it was. I mean, even though it was a fun year, you know, you make the best of it. It, it, was, a, it was a year of adversity for sure.
1: Yeah, very frustrating. Yeah. And once again, that's, that's an, just another chip. Yeah. But that, it opened up the door for you to have another opportunity to play basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how you ended up at Elon?
2: Yeah, for, for my fifth year. So, you know, if it, if it wasn't for COVID, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be playing college basketball right now. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, luckily the NCAA granted us that fifth year. And, it's crazy because after that COVID year of basketball, after I, I graduated from UNCW twenty twenty one, and I ended up you know not even taking the offers that some of the offers I had because uh, I just didn't feel like they were the right fit, mm-hmm. and also uh, it was because at that time it was just such a such a hard year. Like it kind of, it kind of damaged my love for the game for a little bit. Really? Yeah. And so it it was hard. So I ended up uh, actually going to be a uh, you know youth director at a, at a church in Raleigh and, uh, kind of doing some like sports ministry stuff. But I also, you know, just played in like a, like a small, small adult league with like guys who formerly played pro just put in a little league to, you know, keep you going. And, uh, and that just like helped me be conditioned. Then all of a sudden, in you know, uh this past May, I get a call from, uh, my coach he says yeah man like I, I got the job at elon i would love to you know have you at the press concert with, conference it'll be good to see you again
1: and I'm this like, is this is the coach that you play for at belmont right? yeah god
2: yeah so it, it was crazy because the year that summer before i had seen the one that i was coaching high schoolers for aau and uh i see him and we were just talking he was like stay ready man you never know what's gonna happen just stay ready and then, later that I know, a year later, he's going to call me and say, hey, like, come to my press conference. Uh, I'll come to a press conference. I'm like, yeah, like, I, I would love to come see him again. You know, maybe I could, you know, find a way to get a GA position since I want to become a coach. And, uh, and I go to the press conference, and the guys are playing pickup afterwards, his, his team, because his team he wants to see him, And uh, he's like, hey, do you have any, like, shorts and shoes by chance because like i'm in a suit so i'm like <laughs> uh you know i'm a real hoover so i'm like yeah i got some in my car I'll, I'll go get them real quick yeah and so uh i went to get the shorts and the shoes and uh i ended up playing with the guys and ended they like bawling out like crazy dunks, hit a couple of shots like just yeah. just bawling out and he's like all right so the real reason i brought you here is uh you know you still got that one year right left one year left right i was like yeah why like don't you come play for me last year? Oh my god! I was like, "What?" I mean, they had a, a
1: long game
2: plan. Waiting exactly, play. exactly, and so I, I just remember I kind of beat myself up for like not taking some of the offers because I could have gotten the opportunity to get a like grad degree for free, like a master's degree for free. But now I get that opportunity to also get a very good master's degree from a very good school completely for free. I'm like, yo, like this is like, so just getting to work in the real world for a year really gave me a big reality check, but also like just getting to play basketball again. And also putting me in a position to, you know, follow my dream of coaching it even more because my coach knows I want to coach. And, you know, he, he wants me to be like a player coach this year to really develop me in my leadership that way, whenever, you know, after season, it's going to call some of these guys up and tell them about me. Like I already have some of the tools that I need to be a, a really good coach one day.
1: That's so cool. And having somebody like that in your corner, working for you, working with you yeah, at, at the position he's at is that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that, man. That you got into that situation and, and hard earned too. Yeah, man.
2: Yeah. It was definitely hard earned, man. You know, it's, it is definitely a blessing man you know the the work you put in it it eventually comes around yeah with, with
1: what,
2: exactly yeah. man you, you you read what you sow man you know that i say just day by day man you know win the day yeah. you know and whenever the opportunity comes you you make the best of it
1: so ultimately what what level do you want to coach at
2: uh really i would love to start out you know working in the nba because you know why not start out at the at the top level? You know, I want I want to learn how the game is being played with with excellence in the NBA, and then I would honestly love to become a coach in college. Honestly, because of my college coach that I have now, because of the impact that he's made on my life, I want to be able to make the same impact for uh, those young men as well coming up. You know, I want to I want to you know help them exceed on the court but i also want to use the game to teach them those life lessons like my coach did me and i just found such a passion for that because you know coaching and coaching a high school aau team over the summer uh after i graduated it it really opened my eyes to how much of an impact the coach has because those kids i coached then like i still talk to them now and uh like it's just crazy to see how how much the game can teach you life lessons. Like those same talks that I was having with my coaches when I was struggling, I ended up having those same talks with those kids, and being being able to for life to become full circle for me to pour out into them like that, just like the people that poured out into me, helped me realize it's a lot bigger than basketball, and to like just just helping them be in the best position they can to succeed is is better than any championship or anything I, I could ever win, man. And so that, that's why I have such a huge passion for coaching.
1: That's a... Uh, I mean, Dean Dean Smith gets talked about a lot as, as one of the best coaches ever. And anybody that played for him will never say it was because of his record right. or his wins, whatever it might be. It was because of the relationships he formed with his players. Right. Um, which... Equaled out into the wins that he got, exactly, and so I think any any team or most teams, I guess you can't say any because there are some exceptions, but most teams where the coach is trying to form those relationships with the players mm-hmm. and the players are coachable, yeah, and the players are willing to talk to somebody in a manner other than surface level stuff, right. Where you can build that relationship. Exactly. It allows the coach to coach you more. Exactly. And it allows the player to be coached more. Exactly. More
2: willing to do it. Exactly. And one thing like I've learned as a leader is like creating an an environment for them to be able to open up to, to much deeper things, man. Once you create an environment that, that just changes the whole game, man. You know, I've, I've learned as a leader, you know, it's, it's less about telling people what to do, but there's so many different things that go into it. You know, you gotta be empathetic. You gotta, you gotta be willing to listen that you gotta hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you know, of course you're telling people what to do, but you're also leading by example as well with your actions. It's, it's, it's being vulnerable and tearing down that wall between you and them to help them understand like, Hey, I've been in your position before and I want to help you do that.
1: Yeah. And, to uh- Knowing from someone like you that has been in that position, broke through that adversity, rose above it, and now trying to figure out a way to convey that information to the players because when you're in that spot it's got to be like it's got to be so hard to just hear somebody out yeah because you're like no my situation's way different you have no no idea what i'm going through exactly you're just like i went through the exact same thing
2: (laughs) exactly And it's not until like you're the one pouring out to being like man now i understand where my coach was coming from Yeah. but so hard to understand that in the
1: moment man so how do you i mean how do you go about approaching something like that and i know you don't have long experience with dealing with something like that but i mean your idea of it like how how would you go about approaching a situation like that yeah uh i mean for me i would just like a like a player frustrated with playing time yeah and you know like it's a talented kid mm-hmm. and they're gonna do something mm-hmm. they're gonna be the player that they know that they are yeah but there's they're just missing something and you're trying to bring that out of them yeah
2: For me, I I just come to tell them, you know, hey, listen, I've I've been in your position before. I I was frustrated. I was like, man, coach hates me. Like, he doesn't want anything to do with me. But really, I just had to make the best of every situation. I was too busy focused on being mad at Coach for not playing me. That was blowing my opportunities when I got them. And it wasn't until I was just focused on, you know what, I would just make the best of the opportunity when I get it that's whenever I began to take advantage of that opportunity and I began to see my playing time increase. And that's why I would just tell my guys like, Hey, listen, I get it. You're mad, But the more you're focused on that, the more you're taking yourself out of your game. So just to make the best of your opportunity, because in life, there are going to be a lot of times where you're going to get overlooked and you know, you're more than qualified for a position or opportunity. But sometimes it's used as a as a humbling uh something to humble you that way whenever you do get to the top whenever you do get to the level that you know you're capable of you're not going to become you know too hollywood you're not going to become too full of yourself to where you forget where you came from Mm -hmm. and so i just tell them like hey listen man just focus on the opportunity that comes because you never know when you're not going to get another opportunity again yeah so make the best of every opportunity and whether you play two minutes or 30 minutes that two minutes that you play could catch the eye of a college coach just of the effort that you give being a vocal leader that can catch the eye of a college coach and be like you know this would be a great locker room guy Mm. then that opens the door for you to get on a team then that opens the door for you to perform well and practice and it could open the door for you to having a great college career and then making it to the nba so all those little things add up man so so just being focused on the negatives right now. Just control what you can't control, which is your attitude and your effort, and everything will work out just fine. Damn, dude. <laughs>
1: You're hired. You got the job. <laughs> that was great. No, that's... I think that's the best way to approach that. I don't... I mean, any other way, it's... It ain't gonna work. You know, it's got... There's gotta be truthfulness in it, and there's gotta be and truthfulness you know truth yeah. it, hurts it hurts sometimes you know like it's not your time right now
2: exactly it's not exactly
1: the 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 time you do have you have to make it your time
2: exactly and I, you know you know you know I'm a man of my faith you know and in my faith you know we we tell the truth but in love mm-hmm. and so when you tell the truth in a loving way and in the, in the fact of like I'm only telling you the truth because you need to hear it but also because I want I want what's best for you you know sometimes it's not going to be the The easiest thing to hear, you know, sometimes with God, you know, he's going to, you know, not allow us to get some things or he's going to, you know, help us realize some things that we don't want to hear. But, you know, one verse I love is, you know, Jesus, you know, tells everyone, you know, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but soon you'll understand. And, you know, that's why I try to tell my players, like, soon you don't know why God has you in this position right now. You don't know why you're not playing right now, but soon you'll understand and then you know it, once you have that mindset it's like the the sky's sky's the limit man yeah,
1: yeah. once you realize you your your idea of where you should be mm-hmm. or your your thought process of i should be here i should be getting this this is it's a selfish mindset that it will is. disappoint you every time it is because it's if you're if you call the shots every time you're I mean, you're gonna fail. Exactly, it don't work that way. Exactly, like, God's timing is God's timing, and it's not gonna make sense to you. Exactly, but soon you will, like he says, soon, you will understand. Soon
2: you'll understand. But when you you make the best of your situation, you know, it's it, it's the best that it can be. Yeah, like I said, when you when you just focus on the things that you can't control, your attitude, your yeah. effort, your actions, mm-hmm. everything else will take care of itself.
1: Yeah, and then you don't even know, like maybe you're in the position you're in now. Because 25, 30 years later, you're going to be – maybe you're a dad. Maybe you're coaching somebody yourself. exactly. Maybe you're just in a a random store, and a situation happens where you go back to this one singular moment Mm -hmm. where where God humbled you. And you're like, okay, I know how I need to react to this situation. And it and it helps somebody else along the way. Exactly. It's so cool how those it, things work out like that. Yeah, because
2: in this life, man, we're not we're not focused on ourselves. We're focused on each other as a family.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? And we're 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 all in this together, man. Or should be. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we should be. We should be. Yeah. But you know, man, it's, it, You gotta realize it's bigger than yourself, man. Yeah. Once I mean. you once you realize that, man, the sky's the limit.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you, how else do you think that your faith has impacted your basketball career and your ability to be a better teammate?
2: Uh, for me, it's just like, you know, carrying out my faith and my actions, you know, things aren't going my way. It's, you know, just just being patient with it or, you know, somebody's. You know, not getting something, and instead of just instantly lashing out, you know, first I love is love is patient, love is kind. So you know, just being patient with them and showing them grace, but also telling them the truth of like, hey, listen, you got you got to get better, man. You know, I care about you. I want you to be able to play, and I you you got to get better at this. You know, while also giving them grace of like not instantly yelling at them when they mess up, but instead just being like, yo, listen, listen, we're gonna take this time. You know, you, you turn this way, but you should turn the other way around. You know, you're, you're going to get it, man. You're going to get it. You know, you you need to get better, but you're going to get it, man. I, I got you. I trust in you. You yeah. know, I love you, man. I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't love you.
1: Yeah, that's Just a that. big one. And it's the, it's the people that don't tell you things like that. Mm-hmm Right. you need to fix this because it's, exactly. it's not going to work out for you or for the people around you exactly that's that's where the love comes in at exactly and it's a lot of times it's a hard situation for that person to approach you and say something like that to you right. because it's uh, they already think oh well then they're gonna think I'm you know, beating down on them, you know, not looking out for them, just giving them a hard time. Exactly. But like you said, it's coming from love. It's like, exactly. I'm like, I want this so bad for you. Exactly. But if, you know, if you don't get your footwork right, <laughs> you're
2: going to be on the bench. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it also, like, teaches me, you know, like I said earlier, you know, it's way bigger than yourself, you know. Most other people, they would be like, they'll be glad to see the guy mess up. That means, oh, I get more playing time. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, it's, you know... Listen, said, "Man, you're my brother. You're my family. You know, I, I love you, man. Like, I want to see you succeed. You know, I want to see you playing. I want to see you having fun. So, like, I want to help you. Like, I did. Th- this is way bigger than me. You know what I mean? I c- I could just let you go and keep falling. By the way, I've mean, no, I love you so much, man. I want I want to pick you up, man. I want to pick you up, and we're going to do this together. Right? And that's what we're called to do, in, you know, in, in our faith, you know, pick pick each other up, you know, help each other carry each other's crosses, mm-hmm. and we'll get there." You know, with Christ at the center, we'll we'll get there, man. Absolutely. And so that's that that's the way that my faith has really helped me become a better teammate of thinking
1: less of me, but and thinking more of we. Have you have you faced uh, like much adversity due to your faith in the locker room? Uh, have I don't, you noticed any kind of like I um, just uh, friction against your belief?
2: Yeah, honestly, I mean, sometimes you would think there would be, but honestly. A lot of guys on my team know mm-hmm. that I'm big in my faith, and it honestly opens the door for them to really ask questions. You know, yeah. we have a prayer that uh, my coaches have me say every time before the game gets the guys' hype, and, like, the guys ended up, like, loving it. And, like, I remember last night when my teammates was asking me, like, yo, John, like, where, where'd you get your prayer, that prayer from, man? Like, or, like, I'm heavily involved with FCA at my school, was, like, You know, the freshmen on my team are, like, coming to it and, like, asking me questions, like, you know, about faith, like wanting to gain more understanding uh, for that. And so me being so firm and grounded on my faith, it really opens the door for them to really want to gain more understanding uh, about it as well. And honestly, basketball is a great tool to be able to teach people about, you know, my faith because God has shown me uh, a lot of life, life lessons in faith through basketball as well.
1: Yeah. And that's—I mean—that comes back to the thing where the the off-court game will match up with the on-court game. Like if if you're paying attention to the details on the court, exactly. pay attention to the details off the court because it—I mean—it just it gets ingrained with the work that you put out. Exactly, you know the work the work
2: that you put in eventually, you know comes out you know the confidence comes from yeah. the work so the things that you do off the court or you know whenever the game isn't going like it, it's going to give you that confidence to perform well mm-hmm. in the game and and then the same way the things that i do with my faith you know when whenever any everyone isn't looking it's going to help me perform well in my faith whenever everyone is looking and, you know uh, i actually have a tattoo and it says uh god for this. and uh i just love that word because you know it makes me confident in who my god is and who he's made me to be and, and like i carry that with me in life and on the court because of the work that i put in in, in my faith but also in my work on the court and i, I have confidence because i know he's with me yeah and i know the work that i've put in and when he gives me that opportunity, I'm gonna I'm have that confidence going in because when I have him with me, I, I have no nothing to fear.
1: That's a great word. Yeah. Did you come up with it, or did you hear it from somebody
2: else around you? I, I've heard it before, but like I, I just always like fell. I just fell in love with the word man and the and the true meaning behind it. And so like it when I got it tattooed on me, it was just like a. A great reminder, man, and like my my teammates saw it and like they they just fell in love with it, man. One of my one of my freshmen was like, man, like I I got to get that tattooed on me too, man. I love that, and so like it's it's just a great reminder, man. Like you know, because I like struggle with confidence a lot, but now you know, like having having that God fitness is it's it's a different type of confidence because I know I'm not in it alone.
1: Yeah, it's that's I mean that goes back to another great verse, is, If God is with me, who is against me? Exactly. Yeah. Don't
2: matter. It don't matter. I got an unbeatable team. <laughs> exactly. God, God is with me. You got to play on the same court as me. So mm-hmm. who can be against me?
1: For real, dude. That's that's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like you're already having such a big impact, which is again the goal you set out to have or the yeah. goal that you wanted to achieve, and yeah. and you're already you know making big strides on it. Definitely, man. That's awesome. Definitely. So, your fifth year senior at Elon, mm-hmm. you got on in may yeah when
2: you like officially become a part of the team officially became a part of the team in in late may late may
1: so how's that been going
2: uh it's been going really good you know it's a new team but like we we've already formed a brotherhood man and uh you know that was because we were together all summer and then we also got to go to italy Over the summer as well, man, and just playing in those games, it really, really helped us bond because there's not much bond, not much more bonding you can do than being in a foreign country with all your teammates. You know what I mean? But like, it's been amazing, man. Everyone's buying into uh, the new coach because sometimes, you know, you get a new coach, guys are going to start pushing back. But this is a great group of guys that are bought in and uh, and man, like, honestly, this season. Is, the sky's the limit for us, man. I'm I'm super excited for it.
1: What are the? I know your coach. This is the the coach you played for before. What was it like knowing you were going to get a place mm-hmm. for him again? Because you, I mean, you talked like this guy, and you have second father, yeah. great relationship with him. How exciting was that for you? Oh my gosh, it
2: was so exciting, man. Because like I said, I was I was almost heartbroken whenever he told yeah. us that he was going to Iowa. So getting that opportunity, I was like, man, like. I'm getting the finish the way it should have been finished, you know. I'm finishing it how it started. Uh-huh. And it's like and it's like the closure storybook ending to my college career that like I was looking for. And like I'm I'm just so excited to play for him again, man. Like it's just it's it's such an amazing environment, like with him and that staff. Uh, that's with him because it was that same staff that was with me at Belmont Abbey and so Oh really? He brought me yeah. along? yeah man and so it's so it's it's truly a family environment staff man and that's what i love the most about it and so when he asked me to come play man I, it was just it was a no-brainer man I, I was so excited to be able to play for him again
1: that's great and then your your point guard coming up with you too yeah man he, he's my point
2: guard you know we we killed he was a freshman i was a sophomore and like we he he was throwing me lobs, he was dying me up to to dunk on dudes, man, and
1: this dude has a game, man. This yeah. dude has game. What's his name? Uh Sean Halloran. Sean Halloran. Yeah. Then you where know. did he did he play at uh Belmont until he got to Elon?
2: Yeah, so he played all four years there. Uh wow. Ended up playing the conference championship every year. He played at Belmont. Went back to back his junior and senior year winning the championship. Oh. So this guy is a winner and like he me and him think on the same way, like, we see we want to be coaches and, like, we see the game a different way. Mm-hmm. And so just playing with him, man, it's, it's so fun because he he's a true point guard. And when you see him, you would not expect him to be really? a basketball player. You know, me and him joke all the time because any time we're together, People always like come talk to me like, "Oh, you play basketball? Like that's awesome, man!" Like they just won't even say nothing to him, but like this dude, like you wouldn't expect him to be a basketball player, but this dude has
1: game. Okay, what's his play style? Steve Nash. Oh, that's
2: the best thing I could compare him to, <laughs> okay. Steve Nash.
1: Fast pace.
2: Fast pace. Oh, will shit. dime you up, and then he will he will go get a bucket whenever he needs to. Okay.
1: Does Steve Nash? That's one of the guys that. He he missed his, and I mean he's still a two-time MVP. But if that guy played ten years later, oh.
2: man, man, he was taking the league by storm. And the
1: coaches were like, "Steve, can you shoot? Just shoot like eight, ten more times a game, right? Please, right." I mean, the guy was a sniper, sniper, bro. And he was like, "I just want to pass. Is exactly. every once in
2: a while? But just it, pass. exactly?" And like this, that's how this guy is. Like when he needs to go get a bucket, he'll go get a bucket. But like. He will dime you up in a heartbeat.
1: Dang. Yeah. That's dope. I mean, that's the kind of point guard you want.
2: Yeah. So like, how tall is he? Like five eleven. Oh. Yeah. Dang. That's what I'm saying. Like he he's a little bit of an undersized guard, but like he he's
1: a dog, man. Yeah. He's a dog. That's like when the uh, which I I think it was in the the last dance when the Olympic team went. Uh, gosh, where did they play at? Was it Russia?
2: Yeah, I think I think it was ninety two. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: it might have been Russia. But anyways, the whole team's like walking around the city and stuff, and yeah. so everybody's taking pay Oh my gosh, Charles Barkley is Michael Jordan, yeah, and uh, John Stockton is like yeah. walking around. Exactly, you just looking like a tourist. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know what I can do. Exactly, and yeah, like
2: that—that's—that's that's how he is. And like he just—he loves it too. He—he he loves it. Like just seeing the look on people's faces, like whenever they realize, oh, this dude is a hooper. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, getting—I mean, that's a. That's an edge in itself that you can have. Exactly. Because if, if you walk out on the court and, you know, maybe the team didn't pay close enough attention to the point guard, maybe they didn't even, you know, watch videos on him. Yeah. But you That guy comes out and they're like, oh. And they just, for a second and they get an ego boost. They're right. Like, oh, we got this guy. Exactly. And he comes up, shakes him a little bit, drops then, it off to you, yeah. perfect placement. Exactly. Like, well, wait a minute.
2: Yeah, like, hold on now. Something else to hold worry about.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. So,
2: yeah, that's. That's my guy, man. That's that's my PG. Like I'm, I'm excited to do some damage with him again this year in the conference.
1: Oh, I know you're playing. Which I think me and David are going to try to go see you in Wilmington because y'all are playing in. Is that in January? Or... Yeah, January thirteenth. Thirteenth. What day of the week is that? Off the top of your head, do you know? I
2: think it might be like a either Thursday or Saturday.
1: Okay. I want to see that.
2: That's going to be cool. Yeah, that game the is... The return. The return. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm excited to get a trash, man. I'm, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's going to be part booze and part hey, how you doing, <laughs> man? <laughs> it'll, it'll turn out into hey, how you doing, man? To so maybe booze by the end of the game. Yeah,
1: when you get your another block. Exactly. Uh, dude, calm down, John.
2: Well, <laughs> no, I'm excited to get back at the trash, man. That's going to be a
1: it's going to be a good game, man. Yeah. I, I know when we... Uh, we talked the first time we met. You had said you've been working more on your jump shot and trying to expand your range. Mm-hmm. How's that been going?
2: It's going good, man. Now I've like gained like a respectable three. Like if you don't put a hand though, I, I mean, hand down, man down. It, it's going in. Okay, you know what I mean. So it, it's become very respectable, which now opens up the floor for me to be able to create. Because one thing about me is like. I'm very underrated in like my passing as a big man. Like I am a really good passer as a big man, and also opens up driving lanes. So like somebody's like on a closeout whenever I get the trail spot, and somebody's like on a closeout, I shot fake, they're going flying. I go in and go you know, duck it on his teammate. Say you know what I mean. So it just expands the game and the floor for me so much more.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's something that the the NBA is. It's just become like. Yeah, I mean. There's, it's rare you see somebody out there that doesn't knock a three ball down. Right, exactly. And That was unheard of just twelve
2: years ago. Exactly, and now it's like every big man in the league. It's so wow, like it's almost required to do that now. Oh. Like they're they're very there's a very small amount of big men that can get away with not shooting threes.
1: And those guys have to be like elite defenders, elite rebounders, exactly, or just like like you're talking about. It's just the all around guys. Exactly. Like uh, one of, one of the guys that's one of the classic big men that's left and he's even gotten to where he can knock one down every once in a while, uh, Valentunas. Yeah, you know, there's Valentunas. And it's just I mean, he below the rim. Yeah. Just big man with a he's got a I mean, he's got a pretty deep back. Yeah. Good passer, just a such a solid player. Right. But gets I mean, he gets underlooked and yeah, not talked about because he's not oh, he's not knocking down long threes. Exactly. Like
2: right now that's where
1: you see the game going. I mean, you see, Victor Wimbanyama,
2: like seven foot four, he's a unicorn. He's a seven foot four guard,
1: dude. I, what is that? I, guy?
2: Don't I, was, I don't even know that he is a two K created player. That is what he is—a two K created player.
1: You can't make that in two K, though.
2: He's got pixels. That, that he is a unicorn. That that is what he is. He's not real. He is a video game.
1: That's the most bizarre. It, like maybe in any sport. In the history of sports, it may Man. be, like, the most bizarre prospect no, ever.
2: Literally. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do when he gets to the league.
1: I mean, 7-4, and, like, he'll pick up his dribble, not even really have momentum. Yeah. But he can take two steps, and he's falling over the baseline, laying it in. Exactly. He started at the three-point line.
2: Exactly. It's like, you can't guard him going to the basket because he just shoots right over you. But also, from three, like— he just dribbles in, like pulls up right over you, like yeah. you weren't even in his face.
1: And it's not like his release point, because uh, one of the like another freakishly tall dude that has guard guard like uh, abilities, bowl Bold, bold, yeah. But he's a guy that his release is low and slow yeah, enough. That's right. Yeah, it's like people can they can contest it. Yeah. But Victor is he's shooting yeah. up here above it, his head. He's a he's a
2: seven foot four Kevin Durant. It's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen when he gets to the league. Oh, I'm excited to see what happens when he gets to the league. Hopefully, he, he'll, he'll be with the Hornets and I'll be able to work with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, imagine you walking in, you're 6'9, and you're like,
2: he will make me feel short. I remember yeah. I seen Bowl Bowl in Atlanta one time at a tournament, and he made me feel short. I mean, he's, he's what, 7'2? 7'2, 7'3, yeah. And like, I had to look up at him, and I'm 6'9, like, I can't even fit in a doorway most times. You shouldn't right. have to do that. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm i not used to this. I don't like this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so weird. When you see, like, when you, I mean, when you watch an NBA game and everybody out there is pretty big.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like, maybe the, every once in a while you see, like, a six-foot point guard, a 62 yeah. guy. But for the most part, guys are 6'5 plus out there. Right. So you kind of you kind of lose perspective about how big those human beings are. But when you like when you see somebody in person, like even when I go out there and see you in the lobby and I'm yeah. like, damn, I didn't forgot he was this tall.
0: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's just
1: yeah. it's like somebody like me, I'm you know, right at six foot. I'm like, yeah. nobody should be this <laughs> I ain't, I ain't right. <laughs> it's like for
2: us like as basketball players, we're just around each other so much, like we're just used to like feeling normal at this height, and then we get in public and we're like, we'll see someone like close to our height, like bro, how is he so tall, man? <laughs> I'm like, And then he walks past me, and he's, like, shorter than me. I'm like, is that how people see me? Yeah. Like, it's 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 crazy, man, How like how big these guys really are.
1: Yeah. Like, I saw, uh, I went to the Carolina Basketball Museum with my dad. Uh-huh. And we were just walking through, you know, looking at the posters and stuff. And my dad, like, turns and he nudges me on the shoulder. He's like, oh, look, and it's Eric Montross. Oh, wow. Walking up to us, and he's you know he's seven foot seven, seven one, yeah. and he just looks down at us, and we're like, "Hey, how are you?" And he's like, "I'm good, guys." And he's like the voice <laughs> is just—it's like a monster. Yeah, and it's, I was just like, "Why?" I was watching him walk away. I was like, "How are you that big?" Yeah, it was like who made you? Like, yes.
2: Like I didn't know I not know dinosaurs still existed. Right.
1: Like why are why are you two people? Right. Literally, man. Literally. It's so crazy. And then like they have his shoes in the museum. Uh huh. And they're like this table.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's insane. It, it is insane.
1: It's hard to like. It's hard to come to terms with because mm-hmm. it's. I mean, like Luca. Yeah. He plays point guard, and people are like. I don't think people realize how big he is. He is huge, man. Like six, eight, two, twenty, thirty. I 3'0". that—that would be me playing point guard. It's, God, is that where you think that that's where the league's going?
2: Yes. Just big freaks, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's going to be big, gigantic dude. Like <laughs> even taller. Like it'll, it'll, the the league average height will probably become six, seven, six, eight here soon.
1: What is it? Probably like
2: what six, four. Six five now? I think it's at 6'5". No, I think it's at 6'6", six six now. Really? Yeah. So it is becoming like a Giants League.
1: I was, I think, I can't remember who I talked about this with, but I was like, one day, you know, 40, 50, 60 years from now, the league is just going to be Kevin Durant. Basically. Because, I mean, you look at at the history of the game and the people that were, like, super great back then, you can watch how the game evolved yeah. to... Cater to that type of player. Yeah. And that's how other people are like. Okay, Magic Johnson was great. Right. How do I find the next oversized point guard? Right. That can see the floor different than any other point guard. Right. But can still move like he's small. Right. And so that's when you see Giannis. That's when you see Luca. Mm-hmm. That's when you see uh, God. Who's another one? Like Kevin like, kind of rat or yeah,
2: Katie, you, even LeBron. Like he's LeBron, been
1: playing yeah, him. one too. And it's just like Michael Jordan I mean Michael Jordan's that's that one's gonna be tough to beat but like I don't know I think there's there comes a day when Kevin Durant gets looked at as like he was the start of what the league is now
2: yeah definitely I I, I definitely agree with you yeah it's just it, it's crazy man. the the league is going in a very scary direction sure. in terms of like big dudes being able to play like guards.
1: Do you think the small guys just kind of, they kind of fade away?
2: Sometimes yeah, because I play with some small guys that get buckets. Don't matter, it doesn't matter who, how big the dude across them is, you know. Okay. Guy that actually played at Campbell, Chris Clemens, oh. like, dude was an animal, bro. Crazy. Like five like eight, like he'd give you 30 whenever he wanted to. You know, what I mean? like a tank too. Yeah, but you know, he was 6'8", he'd be in the league easily right now. Yeah. But, like, it, it's definitely harder for, you know, shorter guys now just because, like, oh, like, yeah, you're 5'8", and you can give 30, but, like, I've got a 7'4". Now, like, that can dribble just like you. That can give me 40. That can, like, see the floor differently. Now, I'll take it seven four dude. Yeah.
1: Going to get every rebound, block every shot. Like-
2: yeah. So, like, now, like, shorter guys are going to have to find another way to make themselves, like, stand out to coaches. Mm.
1: I just don't know. I don't know how it happened. I don't even Like, does another Chris Paul come into the league?
2: I don't know, man.
1: I have no idea.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think it's truly going to become a big man's game. Yeah. Unless, unless something crazy happens, like, it's going to become a big man's league.
1: That's something that I don't think many people predicted happening. Because for that, like, late 2000s into 2015, maybe? Yeah. 2016, Everybody was like, Oh, it's a it's a guard league. One mm-hmm. guard league. And then everybody just starts getting bigger yeah. and the big men start playing like guards. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now it's a forwards league. Yeah. Like most most everybody's like six eight now, like playing playing like a point guard.
1: Doing whatever they want to do. Exactly. Like who do all right, who do you think is the best big man in the league right now? The best big man in the league? Jokic. Thank you. Jokic. Thank you. Jokic.
2: Thank you. Jokic. He is. He is the man. He is him,
1: dude. Watching, just, he. I think he's my most fun player to watch.
2: Yeah, he's he's so fun to watch, man. Just the way, like he sees the floor, dude. Like he, like as big as he is, like still being able to like dribble the ball up the court, like catch it, like catch the re- rebound, bring it up court, like hit somebody with like a beautiful no look dime, like or like catch in the post, like. Crazy footwork, hit you with a crazy move, make you look silly, and like finish. Like it's he, he is. I would hate to guard him.
1: Oh my goodness! There's, I mean, there's there's guys that they just don't know what to do with him yeah. in the league.
2: Exactly, like because him. his bag is so deep. Yeah, I was about to say, man. Like he, like and be like, you know, gives him great competition. But like, Yoke is just he has a bag. Like he 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 is a magician.
1: Yeah, and it's God, dude. Like ten shots. His po his fade. Oh my, oh my goodness! God. Releases
2: it like all the way behind his head too. Like you're not blocking that.
1: Is he the best passing big man ever? Uh, I might have to say he is. I didn't want to say it because I'm I'm a big Bill Walton fan. Yeah, I love Bill Walton, But I don't know, Yogi's
2: might have him be man. I think he does. Yogi's just he 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 he's a different
1: level, man. It's so crazy. It is. For, and it's. His too is like you can look at some big man like uh Kevin Love. Yeah. One of the best outlet passers yeah. ever. Oh yeah. And decent you know, decent in the half court passing. Yeah. But he was he was more heavy on I can I can get a rebound, I can turn, and it's gonna hit you yeah. in stride. You'll yeah, Exactly. Jokic does that yeah. with one hand, two hands. Exactly. But then he like you said, he's also on the run. Yeah. And he can hit you with a little one hand down bounce exactly. pass.
2: Exactly. In the the half court offense. Exactly. You know, like Jokic is, oh my gosh, he is Magic Johnson at center.
1: Yeah. Who is alright? Who do you have? Do You have Magic or Bird as a better passer?
2: Magic or Bird? See, that that's a toughie because Magic made all the flashier passes, but Bird, like, he will find you, dude. Like he will, he will find you. That that's that's always been such a hard battle for me, man. Because I'll, I'll go back and forth, like, man, like Magic does it, like Bird. Bird's the man, but honestly, man, I, I still might have to give it to to Magic, man, because yeah. like Magic is—he's a wizard with it, man. But like Bird is like right there with him. Like it's—it's it, it's so hard to compare them. It's so hard to pick out out the both of them.
1: Yeah, I love I love watching going back and watching those games, yeah, Lakers battles, yeah, and just how intricate their offenses were, mm-hmm. the move, the constant movement yes. they had. You no, know, like, everybody having to be in the spot at the right time so that right. crazy passes could be made. Exactly. They knew exactly where they were going to be at, at that time. Exactly. As, um, do you find, like, do you like this, uh, like, NBA's basketball today? I do because it,
2: it really gives players a, a lot of freedom. It's like, now it's, like, truly unguardable. You don't know what's going to happen, you know, the Warriors, you know. They don't hardly run any half court offense. Like it's it's more of like, watch this, like we're gonna read and react. Like a lot yeah. a lot of motion offense, that's where you see the game going. You know, before it was a lot of set set style play, you know, Princeton actions, you know, but now it's it's just a straight motion league. You know, they have their sets sometimes, but like it's mostly a motion league, man. It's like read and react and it's 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 just so hard to scout and to guard that, man.
1: Yeah. I who do you see is uh as kind of some some front runners for the NBA championship contenders this year.
2: Definitely yeah, say the Warriors.
1: Yeah.
2: You can't ever count them out. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Grizzlies might shock some people. Thank you. The Grizzlies, man, the Grizzlies might shock some people. Uh, got those Bucks in there. Thank but you again. Bucs. Uh, Celtics, Celtics might make it. I could see another Bucs, Celtics, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Uh other than that, man, Utah Jazz, man. No I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, pretty. <man.
1: laughs>
2: exactly, but no, man. I would say like those are those are my four. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I don't know what it is in me, but I feel like it might be a Grizzlies and and Bucks NBA Finals this year. Who would take that? I want to see the Grizzlies win it, but I think the the Bucks still just have a little too more too much. Too much veteran power; they'll they'll be able to outsmart them. So yeah. I feel like the Bucks may take it. Okay,
1: I think uh, I think you're right about the Grizzlies. Yeah. I think they have something that not many other teams have. Yeah, that chemistry they have with like every single yeah. teammate.
2: Yeah, that what I see in the Grizzlies is what I seen in the Warriors before. Like when they started making their dynasty run. Yeah, like That's
1: they're,
2: they're getting scary. Get. Yeah, they're getting scary.
1: Like before the Warriors were. The dynasty that they are, they were just a fun team. Exactly. You're like, oh, I mean, these guys, you know, right. they can hoop, they can shoot. Right. Exactly. Oh, they got some pretty good ball movement. They're having fun. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, they're taking on Bron. You know, it's like,
2: taking like, what? What? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, exactly. And I, I see that same trend going on with the Grizzlies. Like two, three years, they're going to be contending for finals for for NBA championship.
1: John, is just that's a guy that that uh like you were talking about before where. That that guy that's not getting playing time that's not getting looked at like his yeah. teammates are. That's John Morant is that story. That story, man. The the story about the coach coming to the from Murray State, yeah. like looking at Josh's teammates. Yeah. He was in that gym. He's like, Oh well get, where you guys got the other water fountain matter right. He just happens to walk by. He's like, What is this guy doing? Right. Why is he jumping so hard? Right, exactly. And now he's I mean, he's gonna be an M V P candidate. Exactly. It's it's so cool how that works out. It's so amazing to see it, man. So that that was his only offer.
2: Yeah, he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll take it." Yeah, he's like, "Watch and see what I do with this opportunity." Yep. That's what, that's what I love about Josh's story, man. Mm-hmm. Small town kid, and you see what happens when you put the work in, and yeah, and take make the best of your opportunity.
1: And that's I think a lot of people get. They'll like they'll go into a com- like I'll read the comments sometimes when Ja'll go in and he'll do his crazy dunks. Yeah. He just all of a sudden his head is at the rim, he's yeah. above somebody. And he, maybe he comes down awkwardly or I mean being a small frame as he is, it takes a long time to come back to the ground exactly. And people are like, "I wish he wouldn't jump like this. I want to see him have a long career." Right. But that guy can't right. can't yeah. tell that to you. You can't. Cuz he's not like he's not going to hear that because yeah. he is that guy that came from nothing. Yeah. To where he's like, "I'm I'm in the NBA. That's
2: all I wanted. That's that's what got me here. Yeah, I'm gonna eat it up until it just runs out. Exactly, and then I'll adjust and find something else.
1: Exactly,
2: and that's what you see Vince Carter do: went from ducking on everybody to eventually becoming a shooter.
1: Mm -hmm. One of the best three-point shooters ever. Exactly. He's yeah. That's yeah. I love seeing guys like that that played. Uh, like a major role in the team yeah. that had to adjust and were willing to adjust. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. And like, I mean, even you see it with Michael Jordan in his career, he went from high flying, you know, all through the 80s and the early 90s. He comes back from his retirement. He He's more working his his post game, you know, his post fade, you know, he's still dunking on people, but like, now it's like, oh, like mike, Mike's mike got in the post, man, you know, like I'm, I'm scared right now. He's going to hit me with a shimmy fade, like, he, you know, he was shoulder on Yeah, he 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 became a deadly shooter from the mid post.
1: Oh yeah, you and know. he was. I mean, he could already do that. Like, just yeah. as far as scoring and just rising above everybody. Right. Like you say, he just he became so meticulous. Yeah. Exactly. Like, dissecting the game. Exactly.
2: You're scared. Exactly, and that that just comes with you know just having to play it a different way. Right. And become a student, becoming a student of the game,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you, and then they begin to see the little things matter, yeah, and they're still able to affect the game just as much as they were, yeah. before, like when they had all the athleticism.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, just just adjusting in that way, and but also still be able to play, like all team all all team. First-team, all-team defense. Exactly. Just strapping up. and Exactly. Race. What a, the GOAT. The GOAT. Man. the goat. He is the what's, what's your top five? We'll end on that. Top five. All-time. <laughs> all right. Best players, not favorite. Got to go Michael. Got to go Michael. Jill O'Neal. At two?
2: Huh? At two? I don't know. All right, if we go in the order, if we're going in the order, yeah. I have to go Michael. Michael at one. I gotta go, Bron. That too. Bron is he's, yeah. he's generational, man. Uh, Kobe, Kobe at three. Mm. Kobe at three. I say I might have to put. I might put Larry Bird at four. Whoa, Larry Bird at four. Okay. People, people sleep on how how good Larry Bird was, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Larry Bird was cold
1: and doing it, just drinking beer and smoking cigarettes.
2: exactly. With a exactly. <laughs> broke back half the time,
1: broke back always hurt. Exactly. So I got to go Larry Bird for,
2: and then I don't think I'm take off. I'm gonna have to go Shaquille O'Neal five man. Yeah, Shaquille on like you look at two thousand man like nobody could stop him. No, nobody could stop him, and like. It was just like he—he was unstoppable. He—he was a force to be reckoned
1: with. He—I mean—he came into the league that way too. Yeah, no, nobody knew what to do with that specimen. Exactly, just
2: giant. Exactly. Luckily, luckily for other teams, he allowed off-court stuff to just like (laughs) make him not care about the game. Towards you know, after he left the uh, Lakers, but yeah, from that time of the '90s to the early 2000s. People Uh, forget the magic swept the Bulls. Exactly, like nobody was checking Shaq. No, nobody was checking Shaq. He so
1: why why not Hakeem and why not Kareem over Shaq? I gotta ask that question. You know, Hakeem affected the game in in
2: a lot of ways, man. He he was really good, but you know, there, there was just something about the way Shaq impacted the game, man. Like he 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 made such a big impact, and and he won. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. he, he won with Kobe, but, like, also, even when he left Kobe, he still won with Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, Shaq, he, he just affected the game in so many different ways. And I would honestly have Kareem at, at my number six, but, like, just just thinking about it, man, it's just Shaq, Shaq just impacted the game in such a way that, you know, and it, it put people on notice and, like, just, just as the way he's able to affect, like momentum, the way he's able to instill fear into his opponents, man, it's like I put it this way: I don't know if Kareem would, you know, do all the stuff he did if he was in, you know, this era because it's just a completely different era. Era, you know what I mean? He was still ball out.
1: You talking about like me. Shaq era? Or?
2: Yeah, yeah, like Shaq's era or like even even this era. You know, you know, ninety two Shaq like he was still killing this era. You know oh, what I mean? Man.
1: Kill it, any era.
2: But like Kareem, he will still kill in this era, but I don't know if he'll be as effective as he was back in his era. You know, I'm still paying respect because like being being able to be the NBA's all time lead scorer is like it's a big deal. But like it's an unguardable shot ever. Exactly. The the hook shot. Like it, it's so unguardable. But like but the NBA the today, man, like it's there, there's more of a chance that they're gonna affect that or they they might block it. You know what I mean? But, um uh, like they're they're right there still in my top ten. But I just gotta give that edge to Shaq, man. Like if I put all three of them in one on one, Shaq will win it, man. Shaq will win. <laughs>
1: you just hit him one time with the, with yeah, the shoulder, and with the
2: shoulder. Yeah, exactly, they're done for.
1: Yeah. If exactly. if Shaq could shoot free throws at seventy five percent or better, is he the goat? Yes, I think so. Yes,
2: I think. And if he, if he could actually shoot, he will be the goat, bro.
1: Just free throws. He don't That's don't He don't need the midi. That's all I'm saying. Like, God, and the way the rest would, would call Faust against him yes. or not for him. Yeah. I mean, guys would be dragging on him. He's triple teamed. Exactly. And he'd still make the shot. Exactly. But he's like, yeah, like no, I'm not going to make yeah. a free throw, but can
2: I get the call? Yeah, at least get, get the call, man. I Just got like choke slam back here.
1: But I mean, with a guy like that and – I don't know if the rest were told, you know, because yeah. you know, Stern yeah. he's big on like, come on, you know, yeah. I need you to make these kind of calls. I don't need right. you to make these kind of calls. I don't know if he they were told like we don't need to call as many fouls on Shaq. That's true. He's, you know, he's so big, exactly. or if it was like he was really getting hit so hard, but him being that big, it didn't phase him. So that's exactly. like, was that? I don't think he hit
2: him that hard. Exactly. Any
1: other player, they're like,
2: yeah, hey. exactly, exactly, <laughs> like just like all out on the floor, like yeah. just done for the game. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. I don't know what it is, but Shaq, Shaq still made the best of it.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's why I was like. I have him in my top 10 all time, but he shoots 75% free throws. He's probably winning like
2: six ships in a row. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Easy. Easily. And uh, if Shaq can knock down free throws, he he, he would be in that conversation for the greatest of all time.
1: Absolutely. I'm definitely. with that. Well, John, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Elon season. Yes, I'm excited to to watch some streams, watch y'all play, hopefully catch you down in trash. I really want to see that return game. Yes, sorry. i am yes, excited sir. for that one. But uh I'm I'm more excited about where you'll go coaching with impacting young kids, uh, and players and getting them to the next level as a man, as a player, and you know, possibly as a coach as well. Definitely. I appreciate that. This was awesome. I'm glad we were able to do it. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Talking hoops, you can't beat it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can't beat it. Right. We will do it again. But until then, thank y'all for listening. John, thanks for coming in. Yes, sir.
2: Thank you for having me, man. Thank y'all for listening. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one.